Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. We're your hosts, Rachel Rood and Robin Rood. This week, we are talking to Marsha Aronovich, a physical therapist at the VA. She tells us about her upbringing in Pittsburgh and how she found her Jewish community in Cleveland. We sat down with Marsha at B'nai Shurin Congregation in Pepper Pike. And just a note that this will be our last episode of Season 2. We will be back with new episodes of Season 3 in September. So check your podcast feeds then. Marsha Aronovich, thank you so much for joining us on Cleveland Schmooze. And thanks for having me. So I guess uh, I'll start with just how we met, which is at a Jewish event mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yep. It was like a cocktail making class. Yeah, through Jakely. Yeah, through Jakely. And uh, everybody was talking to everybody else and we were like not talking to anybody and we like, do you want to talk and it worked <laughs> sure. out well though <laughs> and we introduced ourselves and then we were like best friends our best friends yeah after and that. we made excellent cocktails that night yes more importantly yes myself. it was something like lime or yeah the color was a little off it was but... like green i don't know <laughs> anyway so oh wait and we met <laughs> Because yes. we have tickets to Cleveland Playhouse. You're right. And I had an extra ticket, <laughs> and Rachel said, I have a friend. You're right. And not only did we get to enjoy the show together, which was new to me, and now I listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me all the time since you guys have introduced me to it. But we oh. also got. Was that the show? Yes, mm-hmm. that was it. And it was, oh, it was you like... left such an impression. I even remember the show. And we oh. to enjoy dinner together. That's right. And I remember the dinner. <laughs> yeah, we went to sushi. We went to the so house, house of, yeah, Sun yeah. House. Right. There yeah, we and it was like See, a... you're not the only one to have a when did I meet Marsha memory. I'm glad we've had so many. And me meeting the roots has just been mm. memory after memory. Oh <laughs> Hopefully in a good way. Well, you only. You were unofficially the fifth root sister. I'll take it. It's so cool meeting Marsha because you and I are so similar in how we were brought up, like both from conservative families. Mm -hmm. You have three sisters. I I have three sisters. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up uh, in Pittsburgh? Sure. So uh, growing up in Pittsburgh was actually very similar to Cleveland. Um, It's just smaller. Other than that, very similar people, similar styles of living. I didn't realize it was small. Yeah, Pittsburgh. So I grew up in the city. So to me, at least, it was very neighborhood-based. So like all the Jewish people lived in Squirrel Hill. Mm -hmm. So you're talking maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 blocks. And that's where you'd have your seven synagogues, all the community. But it was all very local to like one street, which was Forbes Avenue. And then when I moved to Cleveland, all of a sudden I was in the wonderful land of suburbia, which now (laughs) I don't know how to park anymore when I go to the city. (laughs) And um, it was just amazing to me because when I would go to community events here, which I thought was very cool, was that it was all the different levels of Judaism would show up at these like federation sponsored events. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you got some overlap, but I felt like it was still, you were more secluded to 
whatever level of, of observance you grew up in. Mm-hmm. So, what was it? What were the, some of the traditions you remember growing up? Oh, growing up, there's a ton. We spent like five, well, similar to you guys, five days a week at synagogue. So we went to public school, which meant we were hitting up Hebrew school after hours and uh, Shabbat dinners and um, Saturday mornings and Sundays all the way through high school. So we did Jewish high also. But I think for me, um, a lot of the memories were my mom grew up not quite Orthodox, but very observant in West Virginia. So it was either you were Orthodox or you were very Reform. So they brought a lot of that back to us when we were growing up. So, you know, we lived in a kosher household. We celebrated Shabbat dinner every week with the same two other families, and we would just rotate houses for like 15 years every Friday night. Almost every holiday from the fall to the winter were observed, summer holidays, because Hebrew school was off, weren't observed (laughs) as often. (laughs) So we grew up with a lot of traditions like that. That is where we differ in our upbringings because my household was less kosher, less strict about some of the the Jewish observances. That we celebrate all the holidays, obviously, but it was less. Well, there was some hot dogs well, being from there. Well, you, you know what? It's funny as we've gotten older. So out of uh, my three sisters, me and my second sister are the ones who still keep kosher out of the house and in the house. Mm-hmm. Whereas my two younger sisters and my parents. They still have the kosher plates at home, but like I would come home some weekends and, you know, they'd have maybe some trafe meals eating on paper plates now. So they've gotten a lot more relaxed. And when I asked my parents about it, they're like, well, you guys are grown up now. You can make your own choices. We're going to make ours now. So it has changed a bit, but I would say for the most part still, you know, every holiday, all Shabbat. I think that's part of the assimilation story, too, Mm -hmm. because my mother was raised Orthodox, you know, as Orthodox as it was the way it was back in the. 30s and 40s, and then uh, after the war, and when the grocery stores came, and we weren't going to the kosher meat markets anymore, and mm-hmm. the fish markets, and then that was a way to become an American, to be assimilated. We went to a grocery store, and and so it was, you know, by inches. Not everybody, obviously. There are plenty of Orthodox. Well, I think you're right about that. I remember even as a kid, actually, you had your kosher store, and then right across the street, you had, um, I think it was Greenberg's poultry and you could actually hear when you walked in the chickens downstairs in the basement and they would you know slaughter the chickens there kosher chickens and then you'd come up they'd come upstairs with it and wrap it up and take it home Mm -hmm. and it was always the best chicken that's how we made all of our chicken soup but as they passed on you know they were an older generation that doesn't exist anymore now you just have the kosher stores Mm -hmm. or more like the grocery stores i think you did lose a lot of that as assimilated in i mean you know everybody just does the best they can with what they have. And I think it's worked for a lot of us. I mean, you yeah. know, we're all still very active. You right. Clearly, I've met you at Jewish events. So. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, you know, just because you're from Pittsburgh and there's the terrible shooting there um, earlier this year in 2018, um, which to me feels like earlier this year, even though I know it's technically 2019, but I just still think of the years <laughs> yeah. in the school calendar. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I, you have been back to Pittsburgh multiple times since that time. Do, does it feel like, you know, have you been to Temple since then? Like your, your Temple wasn't the one that was um, affected, but your community um, was affected. Yeah, so the Temple I belong to, Beshalom, was maybe a quarter of a mile away. Um, my sister has been back to the synagogue since that happened. 
And she said, you know, you do feel almost more of a sense of community. I was there with my husband two weeks ago and we went into restaurants and I don't know if you've seen the shirts, but they're the stronger than hate Mm -hmm. and they have the Steeler symbol and, you know, the Jewish stars and everything. Um, So those shirts, they were actually still selling at the strip district, which is like, um, equivalent, I guess, to kind of a West Side market. Mm -hmm. So they're still selling those shirts there. There's still signs in everyone's window in Squirrel Hill when you walk through. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are still performing in concerts and benefits for the shooting. So I think you still get a lot of sense of that. I think the community is still healing a bit, but it's hard for me to fully tell just because I'm not there every day. Did you sit there and wonder, how could this happen to my neighborhood? Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm sure I know it can happen anywhere, but how did you react and feel about that? So first thing, like anyone, like I immediately called my mom and I, and I didn't think she was necessarily at the synagogue because I hadn't heard which synagogue it was at yet. But my sister, who does go quite frequently, I was like, is Wendy there? Is everyone OK? Like, where are you guys right now? Um, and then once it came out which synagogue it was, like everyone else, you know, you know, someone of someone. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of people where it was instead of the six degrees of separation, maybe two degrees of separation. Right. So I did go back that weekend for the uh, memorial service that they had. Benita Sharon had taken up a few cars. So I went up with that and saw my parents there and uh, my friends were there. And I think it was so much support from the community, like when you needed it. And it looked like it has continued to be supportive since then, which never makes these situations easier. But at least it does give you that feeling like, you know, you can move on beyond that situation and so. we went together to the vigil that uh service at b'nai Sharon here mm-hmm. shortly after it happened i think maybe the week after yeah and to me that was like overwhelming by even a community that's so many miles away mm-hmm. and you know and outside the jewish community like how many people came to still support it and actually there is a, a strong pittsburgh connection to b'nai Sharon. we have a lot of transplants that's what i learned actually after yeah. that event I, you know yeah. i met a lot of steelers fans then. <laughs> but no the few of the people who had gone down to the ceremony in pittsburgh all had some connection of some sort so it did not make uh, the communities feel so far away and you do realize how close everything yeah. is interconnected when you subscribe to the cleveland jewish news you receive 52 issues of the award-winning cjn and 15 total magazines including j style Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free. You moved here a couple of years ago um, for your your program. Was that mm-hmm. why you moved here? Yeah, so I'm a physical therapist, and uh, I decided to get extra training and do a residency. So the Cleveland VA offered a one-year training program for another certification. So I moved here with the uh, anticipation to only stay a year. And then I, well, met Rachel, which was great. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and then, the reason you stayed. The main reason. Sure. Like, secretly, yes. <laughs> and then, husband uh, had nothing to do with it. No, which ironically, I met him the same night I met Rachel. I so know. I do put them. Really? Yes. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, Where? Well, I think after I, the night. Yes, we had met online on J-Swipe. So after the event, I was actually meeting him for dinner. So, which is like way past my bedtime. <laughs> Wait, so I you didn't include happened. me? No. I know. <laughs> I should have brought him at least one of the shows. <laughs> so yes, between Rachel and my husband, um, I officially have transferred everything over to Ohio, wow. including my license. Wow. <laughs> so, and decided impressive. to stay for until... Ever? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yes. I love the Cleveland community, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like trying to find your Jewish community here? 
So I knew I wanted to be actively involved um, just because in Pittsburgh, all my friends were Jewish. I was actively involved in the community there. When I moved here, I was just about to start the synagogue hopping. And then I think Paul, who you had as a past Paul participant. Dearman. Oh. Yeah, so you know Paul, who? I did know Paul. <laughs> oh, okay. So Paul had said, oh, well, I think you'll like the synagogue a lot that I work at. You should come check it out. And okay. I came to the synagogue and I did USY as a kid. And the membership director here was Shaney, who I'd recognized because she was a USY advisor when I was in USY. So, right. So I'd met her at a regional thing. So she had known my old youth director and um, the synagogue was just so familiar to how I grew up that I was like, this is clearly the right fit for me. And I never actually looked at any other synagogues. Oh, sweet. So rabbis, if you're listening. (laughs) That's how you get people to join. Five people who belong to similar synagogues. You've also taken a leadership role. Yes. <laughs> Except, are you? I can't get you. Are you a sisterhood member yet? If no. not, are you going to be? Not quite a sisterhood <laughs> member. <laughs> However, <laughs> I do like attending sisterhood events. I did go to their CPR event, and I've gone to their the knife thing, the knife cutting or the knife <laughs> chopping. Skills, yes, yeah. the knife skills event. I went to their talus making event. You oh, did. Okay. I did. Did so, you make your own talus? I did, and then it's gotten lost. And um, well, I missed the last session. I can't find the talus. So it's somewhere. If anyone finds a half painted talus floating around the synagogue, it's probably mine. Right? It's probably my talus floating around. I did that um, with some other class too. I never yeah. finished. It, I, yeah, I would love a part two, or if they did candlesticks, <laughs> I would definitely come to that. So did that, but more importantly, Rachel again kept me involved with the Jewish community. Yeah, and, basically, I won't do things. In Unless Marsha does the movie. <laughs> Which I think the synagogue is learning. So we uh, joined the Atit Committee, which is the young professional group here. Mm-hmm. Which I think you guys are doing a fabulous job. It's oh, well, thank you. No, 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 seriously, because everybody in my generation, we're all worrying about who's going to take over this next generation because it's a problem. It's a real problem. Yes. And you guys are, are the future. <clears throat> And, and, and all the people 10 years younger than you, obviously. But um, we are so grateful that you are doing this. Well, and I think too, like, you know, you saying that recognizing where is the next generation going? Um, it's funny because I've been experienced a lot lately since, you know, we're trying to have kids in the future. My husband, who is from the Soviet Union, promised his grandmother he'd marry Jewish, which is the only reason he married anyone Jewish. And other than that has no connection whatsoever to Judaism. And, you know, even me trying to get him to come to events, it's like I get not even Yom Kippur, I get the service following Yom Kippur, (laughs) who'll come for the last hour of the holiday. Uh, So a lot of times it runs through my mind, like, how do I build that Jewish connection? Also, you know, you think about our generation, I think even the generation after, like, where do you find that gray area? So for me, it's really important to get involved, stay comfortable, learn about the community here. So that way I have a place to bring my kids where my husband may not necessarily come very My often doesn't come to synagogue. <laughs> right, we asked him about that. This <laughs> episode. On the other hand, he came to the Lael Shavuot oh. because the programming was so excellent. Harriet and Rabbi Hal did a fabulous job. Harriet, man. Wait, you guys went to that? Yeah, Dad and I went. Now I only got him to stay two sessions. That's so but good. But he he, he went to that's the all night um, learning yeah, sessions. Yeah, but we we stayed till about nine. 
he went to the J-Hub because he was interested also in this question mm -hmm. of what is the future going to look like for our Jewish community. And uh, that speaker did a wonderful job. That's uh, the interfaith organization. Right, right. Yeah. right. So he throws and, excellent events. I know we've gone to yes, a few J-Hub events. We've gone to and both they are of the... Um, and Tush and Tush and baking. Baking. <laughs> yes, and, and which is a phenomenal event, and I do plan on eventually going on to more, but they do excellent programming yeah. right. for anyone. What do you want for your Jewish future? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm not a person of change very often, which is probably why I found a synagogue similar to the synagogue I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So I would say my Jewish future would actually be very similar to my past and present. Uh, probably, though, taking more of a leadership role, mm -hmm. or learning how to take a leadership role, I should say. And, um, you know, just finding that balance, again, with my husband being more culturally, if you even want to call it culturally Jewish, finding that balance of being religious, you know, semi-keeping a kosher house, while also just engaging in the community, you know, um, doing more volunteer work, using probably more of just the Jewish guidelines, I would almost say, or Jewish values to kind of help me through the next few chapters of my life. We should say your husband came from the Soviet Union. Something that I didn't know until I met you and you were talking about his experience was that they don't necessarily learn all the traditions or celebrate all the holidays. Um, and that you actually had to teach him how to celebrate like Hanukkah. Correct. So <laughs> the very first time he brought me to meet his parents, they, if you didn't know, Russians like to do a lot of um, cheers and drinking. So the very first toast of the night was to bringing home a real Jew, um, <laughs> which was very, at first I was a little taken aback. I was like, oh, I don't think we say that. Um, but what they meant was, you know, their grandparents had been religious, they did do all the holidays, then it lost two generations or two to three generations. Like you had mentioned, he didn't do Hanukkah. So I had brought over um, candles and a menorah and for eight nights he lit the candles. Whereas he didn't say the prayers or felt comfortable, but he was always there listening and like willing to learn. So I also got him as a gift, which he loved, <laughs> was the Jewish Book of Why. Two parts to it. <laughs> so, the Jewish Book of Why? Yeah, so that was a gift we always got from my Bubby and Zadie growing up. At um, They always gave it to each grandkid. So I Aww. actually had my old copy. That's and, so nice. Yeah, and it just explains him. like why we do what we do? Yes, anything and everything. And it's just like brief one paragraph explanations. That's nice. Um, yeah, so it was like kind of a good guide for him to start learning about things. But he does love history and he loves being educated. So And he participated in all the traditions that you wanted for your wedding. He did. So <laughs> he also loved, yeah. So we had the wedding at a conservative synagogue mm -hmm. with a conservative rabbi who made us sit through premarital counseling and <laughs> had us explore our Judaism together and kind of how we would mesh the two together. And then uh, we did the chuppah and the ketubah and you know the circling seven times. So all of that was just a very new experience for him. Um, but I will say the Russians, regardless, do the hora no matter what holiday at any time. So even <laughs> New Year's at the Russian restaurant, we were doing the hora and that was to my surprise, so. And I feel like we should not 
forget to mention during the horror when you fell off your chair. Yeah, so no, that's all right. That's my mother's favorite story from the wedding. Aww. Yeah, so. Did give you a chair with handles? No, no chair with handles. <laughs> and we... Shelly had a chair with handles because I was smart enough to remember to make sure. We did. See, that was very smart since we were doing the horror after dinner. So we already had, well, there was already alcohol on the table. We didn't really do a bar. Alcohol was on the table and after dinner. So when they went to go push me up, I slid down. And according to my youngest sister, she caught me. But I jumped right back up on that chair. And then when we oh, got really? the, oh, yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't let go. So we kind yeah. of missed out on the napkin tradition. Oh, and he was yeah. like, grab it, grab it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so. It was the best horror ever. <laughs> Can't say it happens often. And my mother was like, did anyone get a photo? I want to see videos. I'm like, thank you. Actually, it happens more often than you think. That's it. Oh, I, I think better. every family has a story it's of either- Somebody someone falls off. off or you know they bump their head into a candle or, oh, or a, a light chandelier. or something yeah, yeah. so you're not <laughs> I'm in good company now <laughs> anyway well thank you so much Marsha for talking with us we really thanks for having it. me this was fun it was fun thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> Perfect.